This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Yeah, you caught me, dude. I think I'm dying here, man. Welcome to the 3B Video Deep Cut Podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. Aw, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that time again for another bi-weekly podcast with your hosts, Rotten Roger DeMarco and... Ye well in the back room. And... Ye old Remix 1-Up sitting on the ones and twos, making sure we don't crash like we did a couple times ago. <laughs> and... Hey everybody, James Valsamo here. Super excited to join the party. <laughs> Super early party. Uh, sorry we had to drag you out of bed to, uh, you know, pick your brain for an hour. Let's do it. Oh my God, there's an hour. All right, let's do it. Let's <laughs> rock and roll. Uh, well, the heroin I sent should have arrived, so you, you might be all right. Heroin prank. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if if you have listened to our podcast before, I don't know if you have, but uh, normally how we do it is we spend about 40 minutes discussing a very specific movie, and then we go into a couple other segments, but... Uh, seeing as how we're having you as a guest, Fuck we just that. figured... We're not doing any of that. <laughs> no, we're not doing that at all. Uh, I'm sure some movies are going to come up, but uh, what we wanted to do was just kind of ask you some questions and uh, let our listeners and our YouTube viewers and all of those people know a little something about James Balsamo. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to, James, the floor is yours to kind of introduce yourself, where you're from, what you do, and then we'll get this bad boy rolling all right hey everybody thanks for listening to this amazing show i know these chuckleheads for a long time before they were famous podcasters so <laughs> my name is james balsamo as i said i'm the ceo of acid bath productions now what does that mean that means since i was 19 years old i was running around with a camera and started to make feature films now i've produced over 30 feature films and I just made a new one called It Wants Blood. It's a monster movie with Eric Roberts and uh, Amy Lida Dumas from the WWE. Also, Steve Railsback's in it, Bill what? Victor Arukin, and me. What's cooler than that? That's right, I made movies so I could star in them. <laughs> and I've been in over 60 films, television shows, commercials, BuzzFeed videos with millions of views. I'm very famous. Very handsome and happy to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up, because we're going to tell some wacky stories. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Speaking of BuzzFeed, there's that one video where uh, you're super hairy. And, uh, yeah. One that, video. <laughs> well, that is that is comedy gold, by the way. Just just want to say. I just want to throw that out there. Thanks. Yeah, that, that was a fun thing to do. So... People, if you haven't seen the video, go to your interwebs, uh, type in BuzzFeed Harry Guys Getting Shaved, if you like that sort of thing, or not, if you like horror movies, check that out. And uh, BuzzFeed shaved me for the internet for millions of people to view, and I had to describe what it was like to uh, shave as if women have to shave all the time, the burden, you know, they have to go through. So I went through that burden. You know, because I am a strong feminist, and I love supporting equal torture. <laughs> you were smooth, smooth as a baby's bottom. I, you know what? I'm a very hairy man, 
and uh, it grows back very quickly and itchy. So I'm sorry, ladies, you have to be smooth for us beastly animals. But, uh, you know, we live in different times. Uh, armpit hair is in now. Yes. In some places, not only France. You, you know, you put some braids in there. Um, <clears throat> so I was going to kind of ask you, I know Evil's got a couple of uh, random questions, but I want to start it out with some very traditional canned interview questions, if you will. Um, and so I know that uh, we're all kind of around the same age and we kind of all grew up on the same stuff, but I was going to ask you uh, your earliest video store memory because, you know, video stores are kind of a, uh, a thing of the past. They're disappearing, and as all of us are advocates of physical media, we tie a lot of our movies to those experiences and those stores, so... Just kind of wanted to pick your brain about that a little bit. So, uh, growing up, my dad worked next to a Blockbuster. My dad uh, did carpet. He was a carpet salesman. And so, <clears throat> before I started eating carpet, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to like live in a Blockbuster. And uh, I grew up in the horror section looking at, you know, Return of the Evil Dead covers and uh, all those amazing, you know, hellraiser covers and you know i really lived for those movie poster moments and that was the time when blockbuster kind of was taking raunchy horror movies and so i really grew up with a lot of those so my earliest memory is renting tons and tons of horror movies because my parents were cool they took me to horror conventions as a kid and that's kind of why i really love horror you know i watched Friday the 13th part 3 with my dad and I was like I want to be that Jason guy when I grow up <laughs> that's awesome alright Evil you got uh, you got something for Mr. Balsamo a little a little more oh, yeah. uh, oddball quirky if you will oh yeah uh, yes so James what is the perfect sandwich <laughs> okay um, you know what I I always like a, a chicken cutlet, okay? I like a chicken cutlet, uh, a little bit of mozz, a little bit of mozzarella, uh, oil vinegar, Ooh. and tomatoes on there. You know, keep it simple. Something like that. Nice. That Now, see, uh, since I'm fasting, that, that, <laughs> I'm very yeah, hungry. Yeah, it's like you can, you can, you can, you can feel it, like right here it's like yeah that, that, mm -hmm. yeah mm. so i know you said um you were about 19 and uh you know you started making movies but how old were you do you think when it, when you first got bit by the bug and you said you know I, not only do i want to like be in movies but i want to make a movie so uh i started going to acting school uh when i was about seven at seven years old because wow. I, I I was bad at sports I'd get hit in the head with the softball baseball volleyball bowling ball <laughs> <laughs> you know neighbors balls whatever balls were around I would you know get Your ball magnet <laughs> it's true and so I I like to have a ball so um <laughs> god damn my, you <laughs> my my parents were like you're terrible at everything. What are we going to do with you? How are you going to grow up to do anything for your life? So they were like, what about 
acting school and my mom found a, an ad in a newspaper and she, she was like do you want to be a uh, an actor you want to go act? and i was like oh i could be like jason she was like no no you could be so much more than a guy that wears a, a hockey mask and i was like no nah, i want to do that and she was like all right let's try it and so i went to acting school at eight and i had always wanted to be in horror movies but i didn't know anybody that made them so i used to take my parents video camera at like eight and nine and film with my spider-man action figures i'd make like little scenes little did i know that that was early directing for me you nice. know what I mean? but i had always i loved to play pretend in school you know i i, I just liked the uh, the imagination of it all like hey you're this character okay mm -hmm. now you punch that guy in the stomach <laughs> so, so that's that's when it started real real early for me but uh, i i auditioned and had agents um, since I was like real little, I got into professional performing arts high school at uh, at thirteen. That's the the movie Fame, you know, school. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. they they only take a hundred kids out of like a hundred thousand that audition every year. And so I got into that school, you know, because I'm a wise guy. And so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and your your uh, your improv is through the roof. Like that's. Uh, I know I, I interviewed you for the channel a long time ago, and that's one thing that Evil and I always go back to when we're talking about, like, uh, how creative you are is, uh, you know, and not just not just with your movies, but all it takes is to be around you for about a minute. And you can just, you know, you're just so you're so quick with uh, with silly responses and, and you you kind of command the attention of the room like a gunslinger. Of yeah. words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I like dude, that you... uh, quote. A gun uh, so, of words. <laughs> so, Evil, uh, you hit him with another question, then I got another more serious question. Okay. So, how would you describe the internet to a caveman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is good. Imagine a silly box... Uh, that you stare at that has boobs on it. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'd never see that caveman again. <laughs> you come out like Quagmire with one like super big arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a magic box with boobs. Um, well, my question isn't nearly as fun, but uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you know. Uh, you, you've you've worked on both sides of the camera, whether that's directing uh, or, or acting, and I was just curious, which do you prefer, or is it just the combination of the of the two, which is what you tend to do with your films? You, you know what? It, it's funny because uh, I got into filmmaking so I could act, and mm -hmm. now that I've been doing both for so long, it's hard to think of picking one or the other. Um, especially because now I work with so many great uh, actors and celebrities. Of course, I want to be in the scene. Like when I had hired Lita from the WWE, aka Amy Dumas, I needed to be in a scene with her, not only for the movie, but for my own entertainment value. Right. How could I not act in the scene with Lita, who I grew up with and loved, you know, watching wrestling? I mean,. Oh, to think about being one of those Hardy Boys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this was my moment. So, 
still, you know what I mean? Uh, 15 years later, I still want to be in front of the camera. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just curious because um, <clears throat> you've done you've done so much and you've worked with so many um, different directors and, and uh, uh, I know like seeing you in Hanukkah, which you you were a producer, if I'm if I'm correct. You are, you are correct. And so so you produced that, but then you got to you had uh, a fairly uh, decent sized role, and uh, you know you meet your end. And so I just um, <clears throat> was curious about um, being on that side of the camera when it's not one of your films. Is that different? Like uh, you know, if a director is a is a dickwater or whatever, which I'm sure you haven't had any of those experiences. <laughs> No, so the the director of Hanukkah is a really good friend of mine, Evan McGar. He um, he did Sick Girl and House of the Wolfman, and uh, and Hanukkah was a movie that you know we we talked about, and he had had the script for a while and, and tried to get it off the ground, and we were hanging out, and uh, I was telling him, you know, you got to do a movie, and then he started making this movie with Chris Ott, and you know it uh, it really took off the ground and. I was really there from the beginning and then, you know, pretty much the whole thing. I ended up shooting half of the film. I was also the de- director of photography halfway through. That that was a movie that it was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll help you. And then, you know, it, it became of, oh, okay, I'll do makeup. Oh, okay, right. I'll act in the scene. Oh, okay, I'll, you know, shoot <laughs> half the movie. Okay, I'm the yarmulke on Dick Miller. Okay, I'm taking Sid Haig out to lunch because nobody else can stick around after the wig, wig fitting. You know what I mean? Like it, it was right. like, but but I love I love Eben and I love cinema. You know what I mean? It it was a great honor for me to help produce that movie. But uh, I did I did almost as much, if not more, on that film than my own films. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that that was a fun project. Um, and you you mentioned uh, Christopher Ott, and uh, for the people listening, if you don't know that name, you chances are you know who he is without knowing who he is. And uh, he runs London 1888, correct? That's correct. And so he's an amazingly talented dude. And that's that's another one of those things that Evil and I talk a lot about is <clears throat> there's these you know content creators or or whatever for lack of a better word. If you're a YouTuber, you're a content creator. Um, but they make this YouTube money, and sometimes it's an absurd amount of money, and they don't—they don't do anything for the genre. And then you have guys like Chris Ott, uh, who will take T-shirt money, you know what I mean, and and put that into contributing to the genre, and that's that's amazing to me. Like, well, I'm gonna make this movie, like, instead of just hoarding all your money. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris and I, we we've known each other a long, long time, and uh, you know, Chris is a great, great guy. So, yeah. All right, Evil. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> How many basketballs do you think you could fit in your room right now? <laughs> oh, that. What? Which? Which room? Bedroom? Office room? The room you're currently standing in at this very moment. Oh, I'm in my office right now with my 
monster heads on the walls. So that's going to limit my basketball use. Um, would probably say about uh, 647 balls. <laughs> that's a lot of balls. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, that is an odd question. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> so again, my questions are so uh, super tame, tame, uh, you know. But I was I was just gonna ask you um, if you were to meet a, a kid who wanted to make a film, and you got to sit down and talk to him. What advice would you give to someone looking to make a movie? I mean, everybody has some sort of different, uh, you know, tidbit that they want to offer and. Uh, We've heard everything from uh, surround yourself with a good film family to, you know, buy the nicest equipment to, you know, whatever, whatever. And so you have a very, like, guerrilla filmmaking uh, approach to the way that you do things. So I was just curious, what type of advice would you give a kid wanting to make a movie? Uh, so I've been lucky enough to kind of have this uh, real world experience you know what i mean from doing conventions and signings uh, over the last seven years around the country kids do come up to me they're like hey i saw your movie in walmart or best buy or i bought it at acidbathproductions.com where you could get a lot of my other films and uh memorabilia plug. yeah thank you uh, <laughs> i've done this before so, <laughs> <laughs> so i always tell you know somebody that's interested in making their own movie to just do it i'm one of those guys that uh it's like oh you want to go bungee jumping let's just jump off a cliff wait you need this drink hold on i'm like yeah i don't need this drink we'll figure it out on the way down <laughs> <laughs> i always say the easiest way to get something started is to just do it you know what i mean like when i build them some kind of furniture from ikea i don't look at the swedish instructions you know what i mean i just start yeah putting screws together and then once it's upside down then i read the instructions so <laughs> but it would never get built for me unless i open the box and just start noodling around and so that's what i always tell people to do go ahead you don't need the best camera because people ask me that all the time don't you need money to make a movie and in the beginning i i really didn't have much you know what i mean i just had my will to make a movie mm -hmm. you know after you know, taking out Lloyd Kaufman's trash and Michael Herz's garbage for a year as a free unpaid intern and getting all those DVD shakers. That's a movie that's loose in the box. That was your payment at Troma. I, I watched enough of those, uh, you know, 5,000 Troma movies where I was like, I could do this. I could make a movie. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I had, I had the will to be like, I could torture somebody as I was tortured through a lot of these films like a love torture you know what i mean because it's like right. they're they're so bad but there's effort in there there's love you know what i mean there's like yeah. a desire to create something and that's what i love about cinema so i always just say just go out and do it watch especially now with youtube tutorials you know what i mean i was kind of making movies before the internet was like hip right yeah now like you said uh with youtube tutorials um you literally uh, can learn how to put uh, Hollywood effects into your films. Like, you know, there's things like Blender and there's all these other things where you can do crazy CGI if need be. And uh, although don't do CGI, don't do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 
uh, I mean, guys like Film Riot, which is one of my go-to channels. Like, if I can't figure something out, chances are uh, Ryan Connolly from Film Riot has covered it in some capacity, and I can just watch a seven-minute video and go, oh, okay. You know, I mean, very similar to uh, one of the, the first short films I ever made, and I s sent it to you, and you were like, don't you know about the 180 rule? I'll never forget that, because I've watched movies my entire life and had never heard the 180 rule referenced and then you were like you can't you can't cross that line you have to shoot with the 180 rule mm -hmm. so i i looked into the 180 rule and uh you know as a result i don't make stupid mistakes anymore <laughs> so now, now for those you know, of us uninitiated what is that uh, 180 rule james well, i'll let you explain that 180 rule okay so in all fairness uh, let me just say, I was a lot nicer when you describe it like that. I was like, what is this garbage? No, yeah, very, you were nice. I was very complimentary on your beginning efforts. But since we are close, I did explain this rule to you, which is one of the only rules I really adhere to for cinema. Now, uh, Evil, the 180 rule is uh, if you're shooting over somebody's right shoulder... Now, if you do the reversal, right, so that's somebody else's uh, close-up on the other side, you're going to want to shoot on their left shoulder. So they are facing the person, right? Two people are facing each other. You move 180 degrees to the other shoulder, and so you're staying on that 180 axis. And so you could get a wide shot of the two of them together, or you could get uh, over each person's shoulder on the 180 degree axis. So if you cross that line, say if you start shooting on somebody's right shoulder and then you go to the opposite person's shoulder on their own uh, right side, it, it really uh, makes the viewer's eyes freak out when you cut those two segments together because it does something to the brain where it's uh, like a mirrored image and the mind is like, oh, that looks wrong. So, mm. you know, major filmmakers have done it before. They do it in million dollar movies because of tight budgets or people just don't care about the 180 rule. But for me, it's like cinema 101 that you should just adhere to. Right. And there are uh, exceptions where you can, um, like, say you have a dolly move from one side of, you know, one shoulder to the other shoulder to kind of change the perspective. Um, and that's okay. But it has, the movement has to be shown. Because if you don't show the movement, um, like you said, it makes, it makes the viewer, uh, like, discombobulated. Because you got people looking in weird directions they don't look like they're looking at each other it's true but what what also works is if you put a cutaway shot like if you have two people talking and then you put before the shot of the next person you can change the axis as long as you put the shot in between every time or uh, you change the axis completely. So if you put the clock in and then all the rest of your shots are on the other axis, you can switch it. Mm -hmm. But that's you... technical movie nerd S. Yes. Uh, which is just that one rule is beyond helpful. Like, once I understood that, um, 
Like you'll see, because Abracadabra was the one that we shot and we didn't understand the 180 rule. And then after having that conversation with you, the next like, it's like a 15 second thing, which was we just called dinner, where Megan was dead at the table. We just used the 180 rule. And uh, it Love completely sells. It, it completely sells. And all that really was was just a camera test to make sure we understood the 180 rule. Well, happy to help. Yes, you're the man, dude. <laughs> All right, Evil, what's what's the next oddball, quirky question you got? If James Belsamo was transformed into an ice cream flavor, what would it be? Oh, Rocky Road, because there's a lot of different elements. You've got uh, the squishy marshmallow, which is my heart, <laughs> and then you've got nuts. So those will be in there. Yes. Rocky Road. Hey, that's a Friday the 13th reference. Deep cut. Or a Goonies <laughs> reference, which, hey, we, Roger loves that one. I, we don't talk about Goonies when I'm around. You guys can talk about Goonies when I leave. That's fine. Uh, I mean, where do you... Okay, let's just let's just do it. Where do you stand, Balsamo? Are you a, are you a Goonies guy or a Monster Squad guy? You can't oh. be both. That's a cop-out. Don't say that. <laughs> then I guess I'm the cop-out because I am both. Get out of here, evil. Fine, you want me to shut up? I'll shut up. (laughs) I'm a Monster Squad guy through and through. Uh, Channel 55 used to play that all the time when I was a kid. And so I I grew up on Monster Squad. You know, Stephen King rules. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But People with cat heads. (laughs) But in all fairness, I I was never a, a huge Goonies fan. My girlfriend loves Goonies. But the beach where they filmed Goonies in Portland is incredible. I mean, I've I've been everywhere, and that's one of the most beautiful places. That beach at the end, the movie doesn't do it justice. It's it's really unbelievable. Nice. Um, all right, so I have a, I guess just a, another super standard question for you. But uh, I mean, you mentioned trauma and things like that, kind of. Uh, piquing your interest and making you decide that you could make a movie but uh let's say you're just you're having one of those days where you're you're very uninspired um and you you want to create but but you're just not in the right headspace so what is uh a film that you like to throw on to put you in that headspace like what's your go-to comfort film army of darkness Whoa, there you go. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's got everything. For me, it's a it's a perfect movie. It's perfect all the way through. You know what I mean? So I I loved that movie growing up and you know, even now I, I still watch it and I feel like it's flawless. Yeah. I feel like a kid. Like Evil and I talk about that a lot. It's got you know, it's got the nod to Harryhausen with the stop motion. It's got some really nice uh, matte paintings and things like that. And it's just scary enough, like, that it's a, a gateway film for your kids, which Evil and I have both utilized. Yep. And I feel bad because now I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to be like, James, look at my back tattoo. That's my entire back tattoo is that fucking movie poster. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, uh, and the best part about it is they give a puppet the line over Bill Mosley. That's true. <laughs> if you don't know, uh, uh, on the war scene, they have a puppet on a horse ride up, 
and Bill Mosley is in full uh, undead uh, guard. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, because he's and he's uh, Evil Ash's uh, number couch. one guy. Yeah, and the puppet gets the line, not Bill <laughs> Mosley. <laughs> oh, take that, Bill Mosley. <laughs> You're here, aren't you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's all that matters. You're on. You're on camera. Uh, all right, Evil. Hit him with some more weirdness. Okay. As it as it pertains to the line of work you're in, if you could turn yourself into an animal, what would it be? As it relates to your job. Oh. Uh. Well, I am I a free range animal? Are there parameters on this? There is no no parameters at all. Okay, so uh, I, I recently started working with exotic animals, so I guess I would probably be uh, one of those because those Hollywood animals get, you know, the big dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, especially like a big-time goose. Like, <laughs> like Goose and Billy Madison, that's just in the background while the old lady says, you know, if she peed her pants, consider her Miles Davis. Like that goose makes more money than I make on a movie, on a on a weekly basis. So yeah, that goose has to eat well, it sleeps well, and then it could bite celebrities. I can't yes. do that. I would have guessed an orangutan. You know, maybe the Dunstan checks in orangutan or something. Oh yeah. Or what about uh, all of those monkeys that did Clint Eastwood movies? Oh yeah. <laughs> Clyde. <laughs> yeah. Well, because impersonating an orangutan fuck a doodle do <laughs> yeah um okay Roger, so this Roger is this is to see those movies because have you seen those movies raj oh yeah okay i was like i, I wasn't sure how yeah there's uh, a well versed of, in the clint eastwood uh, filmography you got there's a lot that i don't um that i'm not super familiar with but, i can take uh, that <laughs> yeah i know you got a massive <laughs> eastwood collection I do. Um, which I keep telling you, you need to watch Gran Torino because it's one of the greatest movies ever made. But uh, um, <clears throat> so my other question, this has a little element of danger, I suppose, because um, uh, guerrilla filmmaking is kind of all about being sneaky, uh, filming places you don't have permits and doing things you just absolutely have no uh, permission to do. You're, you know, uh, so it's a lot of uh, hope I don't get caught. So my question is. Uh, have you ever been working on a movie and been caught by police or security or something like that? And, uh, uh you know, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a story. So on my third feature film in, uh, 2013, I was doing a movie called cool as hell available Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes and Noble. Go get your copy right now. Got uh, Tom Savini in it, David Naughton and me. I mean, so what's better than that? So we were filming Cool as Hell uh, in a parking lot, and a, a woman gets killed by a demon, and she's screaming. And so we were we were there doing a few takes, and somebody called the cops on us, <laughs> and they came rushing in, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" But uh, you got to know the law. So right. if you if you film without a tripod. Uh, in a public place, you are allowed to be there. You're allowed to, you know, film because you're I not. I had no giving, idea. You're you're not claiming ownership of the street if you don't have a tripod. Wow. 
So when the cops came and tried to bust my chops about it, I had to explain the law to them, and they don't like that. <laughs> it when you tell them the law, which they're there to uphold. Now, I, I, I'm not against the police. I think what they do is incredible. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. when they when they come and they see that there's no real crime happening, and they're just there to bust chops, I just had to level with them and so they they really didn't like that i was like are you detaining me you know you have to ask them that are you detaining me and they say no and then you say okay well i'm leaving and they say wait <laughs> wait wait and you say there is no waiting are you detaining me you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so we probably went through it for like a real 15 minutes you know what i wow. mean because of course you don't want to escalate the situation. You know what I mean? You don't want to be like, listen here, bakey, bakey. There's no time for this nonsense. I'm trying to make a movie, movie. So take yeah. a hikey, hikey. But you can't do that, okay? So you have to be respectful, but you also have to stand your ground because if they have a chance, they could take your camera. You know what I mean? So you just have to be as nice as you could be. You just have mm-hmm. to say, listen, I understand the law. I'm not claiming ownership. So take a hike. Uh, last week we talked to Patrick Ray and he was talking about when he was working on um, the family film that I kind of got to help be a PA. And he was talking about how every time they would go to shoot outside, um, you'd have neighbors try to mow. And so he would have to go over, you know, with like a 20 and, and kind of bribe them like, hey, don't mow for a couple hours or whatever. Um, have you ever had to do something like that where you have to kind of like grease the wheels a little bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, you should always have per diem and cash in hand. I, unfortunately, audio is your worst enemy filming in the real world. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I mean, unless you're on a soundstage and, you know what I mean, you're you're running around and your assistant director is on top of it telling everybody to settle and be quiet and then you got to go up to somebody or some celebrity and put a sock in their mouth and be like, yes, yes, it's very nice that you're out of the house for the first time since 1984, but <laughs> you need to zip it. So uh, when I was doing my first feature film at 19, uh, The Mark, which ended up being a segment in the anthology Hack Job, which is also currently available, Walmart, Best Buy, Barnes & Noble, um, and that has Lloyd Kaufman in it, Lynn Lowry, Debbie Rashawn, the late Dave Brocky, a.k.a. Odorous Youngers from Guar in it. We were filming, supposedly, at a pizza store. The guy I had talked to was like, oh, sure, I'll come in early on a Saturday and you could film at this pizza store. So I probably had a crew and cast of about 20 people. And the pizza store guy never showed up. Oh, He didn't answer the phone, and so I had this cast and crew with no location and so luckily i had known of an italian meat store deli that was about a half a block away (laughs) i went in there cash in hand and said hey listen i'm an independent filmmaker i got this cast of about 20 people out here can we shoot a scene can we shoot a scene in this meat store (laughs) and the guy said yeah okay but I, I can't turn off the Italian music. Oh, no. ADR. So, so, if you still watch Hack Job, you'll hear this Italian background, you know, music. 
in between this robbery scene with these colorful characters, there's a guy in a full clown makeup who I saw his head in half uh, with a hacksaw. And then there's a, a guy with a fishnet on his face who I crush his head with a fake head. And then uh, there's a guy with a disco ball for a hand named Disco. And then we, we overdubbed his voice with a real African-American fellow. He was a real pasty white guy. But I wanted him to have a deep voice, so I had a friend of mine say, you know, Disco. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that all happened because I had cash in hand. Yes. So, so remember, kids, if you're going to make a movie, and remember to have some per diem. Excellent. All right, Evil. What's next on the chopping block with the weird questions? Uh, okay. Well, we have, we've known for years, and anyone that has been listening for for this episode has has come to know that uh, aside from being a gunslinger of puns and words, uh, James is a master salesman. Uh, so, to test those master salesman skills, how would you sell a hot pot of coffee to a man in the middle of the desert? Okay. Oh, hey there, uh, guy that looks very thirsty. Are you, uh, want to make it out of here? Well, let me tell you, you're going to need this pot of coffee. I know what you're thinking. How did you show up in the middle of the desert and there's only pointy scorpions? Well, you know how? I drank this pot of coffee and I came from a lush city with beautiful bikini babes and a lovely oasis. If you want to make it there, You've got to drink this coffee. It's only going to cost you $19.95. Now I know what you're saying you don't have cash, but don't worry. I take blood. <laughs> hey, James, we've got a problem. If you're trying to sell me that pot of coffee, what if I tell you, hey, coffee's a diuretic. You're trying to dry out my intestines. You're trying to kill me. You don't want that blood. You want my whole body. How are you going to keep trying to push that on me, huh? <laughs> This, this is what's going to happen. I'm I'm a big guy. You're in the middle of the desert. You're all alone. I'm going to murder you, and that money is mine. So I don't have to sell you S, because you're dead now. And then, you know what? I'm going to film it, and I'm going to fake your signature on a release form, because I murdered you. Uh, do not get in the way of uh, James Balsamo, a.k.a. Toxie. Do not fuck with him. <laughs> all right uh so going back to um indie filmmaking the question that i had is uh, uh a lot of people that i encounter um in the youtube circuit and stuff like that um we get on these conversations of making films and it seems like a lot of people have a, a lot of excuses as to why just why they cannot make a movie you know oh, i don't have the money I don't have the time. I don't have the nicest camera. I don't have this. I don't have that. There's a lot of excuses to kind of, you know, put in the way of being creative. And um, <clears throat> anybody who is familiar with your body of work knows that uh, you have a very particular style and you have a very uh, particular knack for stretching a dollar. So my question is, what is... If you don't mind, uh, what is the lowest budget that you've ever had to work with? And uh, was it a short or did you manage to get a feature out of your project? So it took me seven years to complete my first 
feature film. So at at 18, 19, I started making The Mark, which was a story about a guy possessed to kill televangelists. And um, that guy was me. And so <laughs> I, I had no idea how to make a movie. And I, I worked at a comic book store, so I just kind of took things that I had around. And then when I started working at Troma, they gifted me with like uh, some like a wig and a blood pump and and stuff to use to start that movie but i mean that whole that whole project i probably spent about three hundred dollars on and i got about a a 40 minute technically feature right because anything over 40 minutes is technically a feature right so so once that was done I was like, oh, I don't need much. I could I could make a movie for five dollars and I've been doing that ever since. So so like I said, uh, the mark probably cost about three hundred dollars. I had my dad play the lead televangelist. Uh, <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman played a rabbi and I had bought bacon from the uh, delicatessen that was next to the trauma office in hell's kitchen and that probably cost two three dollars at the time and i remember lloyd was upset about the bacon getting everywhere he was like there's bacon everywhere but oh it's fine and he's in a yarmulke with the curls um, <laughs> and then he frisbees the yarmulke at me but you know what i mean you, you don't need much if you've got the will to make a movie you could you could really put it together cheap nice uh all right evil what's next (laughs) (laughs) okay why are tennis balls fuzzy so you could cuddle them when you're all alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah you ever put tennis balls in your pants it's nice Um, it's not been that kind of a morning yet (laughs) not yet maybe after some caffeine so uh, I have one more question and then um uh, kind of my 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 wrap up, but uh, this is another canned question, which uh, would be: Is there any celebrity that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to have in a movie? Uh, when is this thing gonna air? In about <laughs> in about uh, four weeks ish. Uh, so you probably will have worked with whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Who's left? <laughs> well. Well, I just paid for something lovely, but I haven't gotten all the paperwork yet, so I don't, I don't want to say that one. But by the time this airs, that person will probably way be in the movie. So, um, you know what? I, I want to work with uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell is somebody that I'd love to work with. You know, I love his body of work and his chainsaw-bodied hand. <laughs> Oh man, that that's a good answer. I uh, I watched uh, recently. Uh, My name is Bruce, which I absolutely love that movie. And so I watched the documentary of the making of that film, mm-hmm. and I had no idea that that town that they shoot in, he just built that on his property. Like, mm. and that's that's one of those things where it's like, man, could you imagine like if you had the land and you had the ability. Uh, you don't need to go to Hollywood and you don't need to rent locations. You could just 
build facades on your own property. It's amazing. Yeah, I saw that movie in theaters in New York. They did like a limited screening of it. It was really incredible. It was fun to see him kind of do that whole bit. It was great. That is a super underrated Bruce Campbell movie. It um, is. It really is. <clears throat> All right, Evil, you got you got one more before we do the send-off? I do. I have uh, one I'd save just for the last one. So, Mr. Balsamo, at the end of the day, if someone were to write a book or make a movie about your life and experiences, what would the title be? Uh, Big Balls Balsamo. <laughs> be a pop-up book? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it's got scratch and sniff stickers. <laughs> oh man big ball balsamo uh the book will be out this summer so keep <laughs> keep an eye out um, time you can get my two books at barnes and noble total punishment and puns of peril while you're waiting for that jim yes uh which leads me into my final uh bit for this podcast your final which challenge is, uh, <laughs> yeah which is uh uh, which projects are you working on now? Where can people find you? And where can people find your uh, your content? Well, guys, thanks for this. It's been lovely. Um, you can find me on the Facebook, James Balsamo. Add me. I want to be your friend. Find me on Instagram, at James Balsamo. Find me in my home, sleeping. I'll kill you. <laughs> uh, you could get all my cool merchandise at Acid Bath Productions. Dot com. Follow me on the Twitter at AskBathProduct. And uh, I've got a ton of new movies coming out. Uh, it Wants Blood is on Vimeo right now. Like I said, that stars Eric Roberts. And it's got Amy Lita Dumas from the WWE. Also, Steve Railsback from Life Forces in it. And it stars me and uh, Bill Victor Arukin. What's cooler than that? And uh, also, Alien Danger, my first kids movie, comes out this summer and uh that's got some really really cool people in it like rob halford from the judas priest is in that so so a kid's movie with no brecesis you're known for your brecesis i know it's my first film with no nudity in it uh but there is some really cool amazing actors in it like tommy chong from the cheech and chong wow tommy chong in a kid's movie i love it I know. <laughs> oh, that's glorious. Um, <clears throat> I guess we had kind of talked off air before. I didn't write any of these things down, but uh, uh, Evil and I absolutely love your ability to uh, create puns out of nowhere. It's it's definitely like one of your most uh, endearing attributes. You can you can get everybody in the room giggling. So I'm I'm gonna have. Evil throw out a word. I'm going to have Remix throw out a word, and I'll give you a word. Uh, and see if you can create a pun out of those words, and then we'll call it a day. I don't remember signing out to jump through all these hoops for you. I'm not your <laughs> monkey to dance. But bring it on, chumps. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Evil, do you have a word? Diverticulitis. Oh, boy. <laughs> Die not. That's what I say. 
<laughs> oh jesus christ uh i'm just staring at my desk so gumball well we're gonna have a ball a big ball start chewing <laughs> remix energy energy well i don't have the movement to do that kind of pun <laughs> See that's that's kinetic. That's what that is. That's what this moment is. Oh, you bastard! Um, on that note, uh, I want to thank you again for coming and doing this podcast, and uh, I can't wait to cross paths with you again. It's been far too long. We must. It watch, has. We must watch documentaries. We must make <laughs> movies. Yeah, we, we got must to take re- acid. We have to finish that Halloween documentary we started uh, a number of years ago that you were unable to finish with us. Oh, man. That, don't ever eat the whole brownie, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea how many times we tell that story. Oh. I've got to go. Man, I was doing Elvis Kung Fu in my underwear. That that should be our send-off. Is we should get, can we get the recreation of the I got to go? Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. 